0: This is Ollie Williams. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. They
1: come from all corners of the world, and they descend on towns everywhere. Burlington, North Carolina,
0: Idaho Falls, Idaho,
1: Lexington, Kentucky, Wilmington, Delaware, Springdale, Arkansas, Papillion, Nebraska, and Kansas City, Missouri. What do all these men have in common? They work together to win. It's time to talk to another Royal on Clubhouse Conversation. What's up, Royals Nation? It is Dave O on Clubhouse Conversation. And I think that I say this almost every single time I do an interview these days, but I swear from the bottom of my heart, I mean it. That's the thing. I mean it when I say you might have your new favorite Royals player. This year, more than anything, has taught me from talking to all these different players, both at the major league and minor league level, current Royals-wise, that this organization is just full of great guys. Not only... Talented baseball players with high upside, but just great guys. And I think Dayton Moore, J.J. Piccolo, Scott Sharp, and company, there's lots and lots and lots more, deserve a lot of credit for the men they've assembled in this organization. the The character and just how much they want to win. And Ollie Williams is one of those kids. I'm very excited to talk to him. Now, you may have heard he's one of six Royals that has been named this past week to play in the Arizona Fall League. Obviously, a huge honor, Ollie Williams is joining that group of talented Royals prospects. 6'2", right-hander, strikes out an enormous amount of guys, and but took an unlikely road to professional baseball. I'll let him tell the story. Ollie Williams, an unlikely road to professional baseball, was taken by the Royals in the 34th round of the 2011 draft as a closer out of Charleston Southern University. And he joins us now on Clubhouse Conversation. Ollie Williams, quite the year for you, man. Starting at Wilmington, moving up to Northwest Arkansas. And how's it been this year? I'm assuming you're kind of in, you know, your head's kind of spinning right now with everything going on.
0: Yeah, man. I, I really enjoyed this year. I've, I've learned a lot of things about myself. I've learned a lot of things that I can do and what I can't do and what are some of my strong points. And, you know, just learning different situations, coming into different situations and actually, like, learning how to pitch, asking questions, and trying to get more. More information on how the game is played the correct way, especially at the big league level.
1: Yeah, well, we got to also congratulate you because you've been named one of six royals, obviously, in the last couple of days to play in the Arizona Fall League. So I'm sure that's probably kind of hard to put into words, you know, how good and excited you are about that. But but how big of an honor is this for you right now?
0: Man, that, I I was telling my family, I'm like, this is probably the biggest honor I've ever had. The Arizona Fall League is is is, is a tremendous record recognition on how your season has been how the the team looks at you and you know how guys pursue you and portray you to be and uh well when I first heard the news man i got I wanted to jump around for joy, but I couldn't do it too much because obviously you don't want to you know show off in front of everybody else all the teammates but it's a great honor man,
1: yeah it means you got big upside and obviously a lot of great ones get to play in that league. So did you have a clue that that was going to happen before it did, or was it kind of a blindside thing for you?
0: Yeah, like, I I didn't have a clue. Actually, that same day I happened to be talking to my coach, uh, and I was asking him, hey, do you know any – do you have any connections with any uh, travel ball – not travel ball, uh, any winter ball team? And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, um, you know, just let me know where you want to play. Obviously he already knew that I was going to the fall league and (laughs) – so he's just out there talking with me, and I'm like, hey, I wouldn't mind playing here, playing there. And I get inside, and he's like, hey, let me come talk to you for a minute. And he calls me and says, i oh, you're going to the Fall league. And I just busted out laughing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice how that worked out. So you're willing to go anywhere in the world to play baseball. And he's like, oh, actually, you know.
0: <laughs> well, now, <laughs> yeah, that, that was great.
1: A lot of Royals fans uh, have read your name, obviously, but, but a lot of people haven't seen you throw yet. So kind of tell us what pitches you throw, where you sit at and top out at, and then what kind of pitcher you are.
0: Uh, I throw a fastball, slider, and a split. Uh, fastball is anywhere from 92 to 97. Uh, slider is more mainly 83 to 86, and split is anywhere from 82 to 84 pitcher man, I, I try to go at you early in the count, try to make you force contact within three pitches. Uh three pitches or less is what they preach to us and I try to get the job done within three pitches and once I get to two strikes, man, I, I really try to put you away once I get you the two strikes.
1: Well yeah I was gonna ask you about that because you're striking out almost twelve hitters per nine innings this year. So so what is your strikeout pitch and what enables you to miss so many bats?
0: Ah uh, to say my best strikeout pitch will probably be my slider, but my split is really... that. My split is something that I, I learned this year, and um, when they sent me to instructs last year, they they wanted me to work on split finger, and uh, that's really been a great equalizer for me because of the fact that it's not just two pitches, so whenever I don't have my slider or I don't have command of my fastball I can get you more front to back, you know, just changing up your timing a little bit and my split has been really good this year, really good. So I, I would say that's probably been the biggest difference this year in uh, in terms of me pitching.
1: Now, obviously, control is one of the main things with you that I'm sure you're you know you're working on over and over again. How's that coming along? Just commanding your pitches.
0: Uh, that's coming along good. Uh, me me and the pitching coach here are, are working on some things, trying to trying to get me more down in the zone with uh, with my fastball because I. A lot of times I'm in the zone, but sometimes i I'll, I'll miss up quite a few and so it's he, really just commanding my fastball because he, everything plays off off your fastball you, you can't you can't get uh early contact and you can't get swinging misses if you don't throw your fastball enough so really just trying to get my hands through, open them up and get it through the zone where my fastball's in the zone a lot and then then I'm able to go to my other pitches.
1: Awesome. Well, I, I want to talk more about your uh, your past here and, and how you got where you are. We'll get to that here in a second. But a couple other pitchers I wanted to ask you about real quick who are also joining you on that AFL team that you know pretty well. Uh, tell us about Sam Selman.
0: Oh man, I love Sam Selman. I've been playing with Sam Selman since 2012 uh, in, in Idaho Falls, and man, we we've got a real good, real great relationship. Man, he, he's one of the guys who. I talk to, and we just sit and laugh all day long, man, because obviously you you, you learn you get more friends the, the the longer you're in the system, and he's one of those guys where me and him we sit down and we just sit and talk and laugh all day long. we really really have a really great connection
1: and how about Miguel Almonte
0: oh uh, he's great he he's probably the funniest he's probably the funniest guy that I've ever met really? he he yeah he he is hilarious uh his his English is is pretty, is pretty pretty good too as well. I mean he really works hard on his English and trying to understand damn players and he he's, he he's a young kid, so you are just, like he's just full of energy and like, I, I I love amante as well he, He's a really good guy.
1: Now you mentioned uh, you know you hear a lot of uh, the younger Latino players are learning English and everything now how about you? Have you picked up some Spanish since getting into the system or at least a lot more than you had coming in?
0: Yeah, man, like, uh, I really didn't I didn't take a Spanish class while I was in college, but uh, just the fact that being around these guys and them trying to learn our language, uh, I was just really connected with them trying to learn their language. And so we go back and forth trying to say, okay, well, this is what this means, this is how you say this, and really start to speak in more sentences. And I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm trying to get these guys to see if they can start talking to me Every time in Spanish, so I can try to figure out exactly what they're
1: saying. Ah, I love that. That's great. That'll help you be a pitching coach someday too. If you know? When you're yeah, going. yeah. <laughs> well, so let's go way back. You're hopefully years and years and years away from that, but let's go way back here and kind of get the whole story. You ready for this? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you grew up in Sumter, South Carolina. So first of all, for those who don't know which part of South Carolina that's in, explain where Sumter is, and then kind of talk about what you did for fun growing up
0: is more in the the lower country. Uh, It's it's maybe about 35 minutes outside of Columbia. And uh, growing up, man, uh, the the whole time growing up, uh, obviously I'm the baby of nine, so it it was a lot of us. And me and my brother would always go outside and play sports. And they were always bigger and stronger than me because I'm seven years younger. And they would just beat me up every single day. Would not let me win a game. Uh, I had to do drills, football, basketball, baseball, every single day. So it, it was it was not playing any games in the house. Every day I came home after I did my homework, I, I went outside and got literally tortured by my brothers. They beat me up every single day. They, they would not let me win. It would be to the point where I would be crying, and they would just still continue to beat me.
1: <laughs> now, did any of them uh, go on to play any you know, college athletics or anything?
0: Yeah, uh, my big brother, he went to Elizabeth City State to uh, play uh, football. He was a, a free safety.
1: Oh, cool. Very cool. Well, you, I guess you're getting the last laugh, right, in professional sports?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they, and they always tell me uh, they're the reason why I got there because they because of what all they put me through when I was younger. <laughs> there
1: you go. Well, you went to Crestwood High School there in Sumter. So you had a 1.20 ERA as a senior. But So I want to know your background with baseball. Was baseball your – Number one sport growing up, and then you know, who do you kind of credit early on as some of your baseball influences growing up?
0: Uh, I, I definitely credit my my father. My, my my father had me out there at a young age. Uh, I I was out there at six years old playing, and him really working with me. My first love coming up was was truly basketball. I I think I was a little better basketball player in uh, in high school as well. I was a better basketball player in high school and coming up through the ranks. Uh, basketball was just something that I, I really enjoyed doing, and uh, I just kind of took it and ran with it. But uh, I kind of always figured that baseball was going to be the the, the the sport that I thought I was going to excel the most in. Huh.
1: Now, your baseball card, your biography is always going to say, obviously, that you're Larry Doby's cousin. But from how I understand yeah. it, you didn't really know much about him until later on in life. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I didn't uh, – until just me and my dad talking one day, didn't really know who Larry Doby was. And um, I just asked him one day, I said, did we, did we have anybody uh, in the, uh, that played baseball professionally? And he was like, yeah, Larry Doby. And I was like, who's Larry Doby? And then even into this big spill about him and Larry Doby growing up playing baseball in Camden. Cause that's where we are originally from, Camden, South Carolina. And he's just saying, like, the, some of the things that they went through and just, you know. A lot of racism back in the day, obviously. You know, growing up in those times, oh, yeah. but you know how how they just love playing baseball every single day.
1: Now, have you ever gotten to meet Larry then and talk baseball with him?
0: No, I never got a chance to meet him. I wish I could have, but I never got a chance to meet him.
1: Ah, that stinks. Well, uh, here's here's something that uh, is going to impress you. Hopefully, I dug up an old issue of the local Sumter newspaper there, the Sumter item. <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. in April of 2011, you said that you never imagined you would have pitched at the NCAA level, let alone in the pros. So before we even talk about your two college stops, I mean, at what age did you kind of have an idea that you might have a decent future with baseball? Uh,
0: I, I, it would probably, it, I'd say it would probably be, because uh, I, I wasn't going to play baseball in college, I, I had more basketball scholarships. But um, it, it was just me and my coaches talking, and uh, at the time it was Coach Parkman that was there, Coach T, and he was telling me, hey, you know, actually actually, the, the scout, or well, the recruiter from college wasn't coming to see me. He was coming to see another kid. And he was like, hey, I need you to pitch tonight because we have a, a recruiter coming to see Devon. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, my senior year is the only year I pitched. Huh. I, I I was not a pitcher until senior high school, and uh, and the guy saw me. He just fell in love with me right then, and he talked to my dad. And my dad was like, "Well, I know he's going to. He's trying to go somewhere for school for basketball, but I'm pretty sure he he you know, took the chance on going for baseball. And I took the chance, and you know, the rest is in history.
1: Yeah. So you, so did you have some basketball offers then too?
0: Yeah, I, I had some basketball scholarship offers. Uh, They weren't huge schools, but I mean, they were offered for me to go and further my education.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. It's the most important thing. So, now your first two seasons out of high school, a lot of people don't realize, you know, because you see the Charleston Southern, but a lot of people don't realize that you actually went to the University of South Carolina, Saukahatchee. Is that how you say that?
0: Yeah, Saukahatchee. Yeah, 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 the first two years.
1: And how did you end up there? And and then, so was that just for baseball at that point in in school and baseball? That was it?
0: It was just for baseball, and that, and that was the recruiter who came and watched uh, watched our shortstop because our shortstop was a top top twenty senior, so uh, he, he was a pretty big deal. And so um, he came and watched him, and then he saw me, and then I went there. And then you know it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Didn't I think that they, they might have had one spotlight? Uh, we had like two stores in the town, only one fast food restaurant that was Hardee's. And, I, I went. Down, I was like, "Oh man, I don't know how I'm going to do this." But <laughs> it, it was definitely a great experience because it, it allowed me to mature, which I needed. Uh, I grew up. Uh, I learned. I learned how to defend for myself. How to become a man, and and I, and I, that's probably the most influential part of my life because that that allowed me to grow and become a man, and honestly, figure out who I'm going to be as as a man more than a baseball player.
1: Now, where in the world is that? So that's the town, Sakahachi?
0: uh The town is Allendale, South Carolina. It's uh, it's about Bamberg, Barnwell. It's it's in the middle of nowhere, honestly. Huh.
1: Man, I lived in that region. I don't even know where that's at. (laughs) So so after that, you ended up at a much bigger school, obviously, at uh, Charleston Southern. Now, I know that you felt really raw when the Royals first drafted you, let alone when you first got there. So when you look back, you know, thinking about how raw you were when you got taken by the Royals, how raw were you when you first set foot on campus there at Charleston Southern?
0: Oh, man. I I was probably as raw as it could be. (laughs) Um, I, I I was very erratic uh I didn't know I didn't know where the ball was going for the most part. I really only had one pitch and that was just a fastball. Uh every now and then I could throw a slider for a strike, but I mean I I had a lot of deception so that that really helped me out and just really getting there and working with Coach Assey and like learning and trying to become more mechanical because of the fact that I was so raw. But they also didn't want to take from my athleticism and deception and stuff that I had, so they kind of make it. They kind of made it work hand in hand with uh, deception and athleticism and mechanics.
1: Well, you ended up is uh, the closer there at least towards the end there. So, what are your favorite memories of Charleston Southern?
0: Favorite memories at Charleston Southern. Uh, one one is beating Coastal. Coast, one is beating Coastal Carolina. Uh, we didn't. Nobody had beaten Coastal Carolina at their place in, like, almost over 40 games. And uh, I came in with two outs, bases loaded, and uh, struck the guy out. Then went the next inning and pitched, and we, we beat those guys. And then I also beat College of Charleston, uh... That was something they hadn't beat College Charleston in, in almost 20 years. It was something crazy like that, and uh, we went there and, and I got the win there. And I was, those are probably the two of the best moments that I can remember because it, it helped me change some history within our program.
1: Yeah, that's great. And keep building that thing. So the Royals eventually drafted you in the 34th round of 2011. So, but from how I gathered things and what I've read, you thought you were going to go to the was it the Braves? You, you thought the Royals were third or fourth on the list. Were you kind of surprised they took you?
0: Yeah, I honestly was um, during during the draft. I, the most talks I had was with the Braves and uh, the Cardinals, and so uh, I, I was like, I was looking. I was like, okay, well, either I'm gonna get drafted by Atlanta or the Cardinals, because uh, coming out of junior college, the Cardinals were thinking about drafting me then as well, but they didn't. Uh, they passed up on the opportunity, and uh, so we're talking again, and I'm saying that the the Royals have have not called me that day and uh, I watched it all day, uh, the day before, the three through 20th round, I think it's something like that, and uh, I was just miserable, and so I was like, well, I'm not going to sit in the house today and watch this draft. If I get drafted, I get drafted. and then, So I went to the gym, played a little basketball, and I come back to my phone got 40 missed calls, and I'm like, oh, man, I must have got drafted. <laughs> and then it was a warrior.
1: <laughs> so now, wait a minute. So the the Royals. Then, how did they kind of find you? What do you remember about your first initial contact with them? I mean, did you ever do any type of workouts or side sessions or anything for them and, and that kind of stuff?
0: The the scout came to uh, he came to to our school when we had pro day. Uh, I think that day I might have been ninety to ninety three, and then uh, so I got a bunch of letters from everybody. And uh, then he came back to have a meeting with me and you know kind of talk and then I had after that like during the fall I had not talked to him at all so I was just basically sitting there wondering like well you know I don't know what's going on but I haven't talked to them and then he came one. I I remember asking him uh what, what made him draft me and he he told me uh one day he came to see uh somebody else pitch and I guess it was a foul ball that went down the line so I got the foul ball and I guess the fence is maybe like six feet in the air. And so I, I picked the five ball up and I literally jumped over the fence with, you know, just standing still, and vertical. And he said, once he saw me do that, he was just like, I, I got to draft this guy. <laughs> He's probably the most athletic pitch I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> oh, that's such a cool story. That's really cool. Now, so what did you know about the Royals? Like before they drafted you, I'm assuming a kid in South Carolina probably didn't know too much about the Kansas City Royals, right?
0: Yeah, anything about the Royals. Uh, it was just I knew one only thing I knew about the Royals was that they had become my favorite team once they drafted me. That is <laughs> the only thing that I knew.
1: <laughs> That's great. So that you pitched to the Arizona League right away off the bat. Then so that same summer, 2011, you ended there for the Surprise Royals. You were quite effective. You had a 3.89 ERA. Now, what what sticks out about that first summer away from home?
0: Uh, the first, I would say probably say the coaching staff. They 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 honestly made me feel like you know feel like a family. It. it they treated me nice. Um, J. J. Scott, all those guys—they—they—they're—they're such—they're such nice, nice men. They—they they make you feel like as it's a home. And it's not just the fact that they want to make you better as players, but they always appreciate us. They want to make us better as men. And then that's one thing that I—I I really appreciate about those guys because, you know, everybody doesn't have their fathers or their parents in their background and. With those guys, you're able to talk to them about anything that's going on, and so that was probably one of the one of the most things that I really enjoyed about coming to the surprise Arizona fall. I mean, Arizona league. Right. Yeah,
1: you're in so many Arizona leagues now, you can't keep track of them all, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, every time I say Arizona, I want to
1: say Fall League. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so 2012, you mentioned it a little bit earlier with Selman, but you went far from home, to about as far as you can get, really, west, west-wise at least, to, to Idaho Falls. So someone like me who I've been to like 41 states but never that part of the country, how pretty is it up there, first of all?
0: Idaho is very pretty, man. It, it's, I feel like it's a very country, uh, a lot, lot of lakes, uh, I know uh, a lot of times guys would go down to the river and just sit down sit down at the river and just watch the water flow by under the bridges and you know you you could walk to the field and just a very very nice scenery. Um, I really enjoyed Idaho because that that was that was the first time I was away from home and I was able to start doing like my own cooking and also being at as a grown man also at that time. So it, it was it was a very great experience for me
1: as well so your own cooking what i want to hear about this what'd you start with out there were you ramen or did you advance to the foreman grill or what'd you start with
0: first at first it was just uh ramen noodles and noodles at (laughs) first and then i had called my mom i was like i I can't keep doing it i can't keep eating uh noodles and noodles so she started sending me some recipes and i started just trying different things and Eventually, I became a pretty good cook. I mean, after a, a while, you cook so much and try so many different flavors, you start figuring out what you like. And then I, I would share some with the teammates, and the teammates would love it.
1: Huh, I didn't know that. So you're actually a pretty good cook now, then.
0: Yeah, I'm actually a pretty good cook now.
1: <laughs> well, all because Idaho Falls.
0: That's great. So, Idaho Falls has changed my life forever. <laughs> yeah, and you probably
1: have to have a potato dish in there since it was Idaho, right?
0: No, I didn't have any potato dish. <laughs> okay. It was more more country and soul food recipes my mom sent me.
1: <laughs> I love it. So you opened last year in Wilmington. You struggled a bit off the bat, so you got sent back to Lexington. So you had a nice finish of the year in Lexington. How'd you like pitching with the Legends?
0: Uh the Legends was was great. Uh I actually started off with the Legends and then I got moved up to Wilmington. Oh okay. um The Legends was I had the same pitching coach, as Jerry Nyman, and uh, that I had the the, the year before with uh, Idaho Falls, and uh, that, that, he was a great guy, man. I, I loved working with him every single day, and he was more of the guy where it was like, hey, I'm gonna allow you to be who you are, but this is some things we're gonna we're gonna have to work on. And and I was just whatever, whatever he wanted, I I would do. He he was a, a really good guy, and Lexington was a, such a lovely city, man. That's the first time I ever been in Lexington, Kentucky, and I loved every minute of it,
1: and the ballpark's pretty nice there too, isn't it?
0: The ballpark is very nice. That's probably that to me. That was the best, one of one of the best low A ballparks I had played in, and I was luckily enough to call it home.
1: Huh. Now, now, this year you were at Wilmington to start the year, and you were filthy in your first twelve outings this year, and you got promoted to Northwest Arkansas. So, before we talk about Arkansas, you know Wilmington, what was that like, and how'd you like pitching there?
0: Wilmington, uh Wilmington is definitely a, a great experience because it, that, that's the that's a jumping point in allowing to know whether or not you're ready to pitch at the higher level. And that the the defense that I had there was remarkable. That that team was obviously, you know, it's full of prospects and that that to me that to me that was probably one of the best defensive teams that I ever been a part of. You can pretty much give up thirty hits and they and you might there might be only three because you had the fastest guy in left field tan score. You had Bubba Starlin who pretty much ran down anything. Uh you had Jack Lopez, Raul Montey up the middle, so they turned every single double play. It was it was something great to see. And Cameron Gallagher, man, he threw out everybody.
1: Yeah, that is a good team. I'm excited to watch those guys come up.
0: I am too. Yeah,
1: well, in Northwest Arkansas, you've had a nice uh, a nice year there as well. How are you like working with uh, with Jim Brower and Vance Wilson and company?
0: I, I love. I, I Vance Wilson might might be my favorite coach of all time, and he is a very fiery guy. He he, and and that's one thing that I do love about him because if he sees something in you, he's going to get it out of you. He's not going to let you, you know, just blow your talent, and he's going to tell you. He's very honest and. That's probably the thing I love about him the most, that, you know, I remember one outing, uh, i go out and, you know, uh, at first I'm kind of around, not around the zone, and he comes in and chews me out. <laughs> in the second inning, I just, something, something clicks, and I just, I think I might have struck out the side the next inning. He's that, that's like, that's who I want you to be right there. And from that moment on, I've always had the, the biggest respect for him. Jim Brower, the same way he he, he knows so much knowledge about the game, and and he just he just been in so many different situations. Like he always says, "Man, it took me. It always took him for him getting released to understand the game, and that that like that's very influential for for guys like me. You know, being a late round draft pick and and really trying to learn, understand the game, and trying to learn more about pitching instead of just per se being a thrower." Yeah,
1: I, I keep hearing great things about both of those two guys. I'm, I'm glad we have them in the system. Now, who are some of the other coaches? You mentioned Jerry Nyman earlier. Who are some other guys in the Royals system that you that you kind of feel like you really owe a lot to?
0: Uh, definitely uh, Buck Buchanan. He's the head coach for um, – he's the manager for uh, Lexington. Lexington yeah. uh, Devin Lowry, he's no longer with us, but Devin Lowry was he, – he, he stays in the Charlotte area. And I usually go up every year and work with him uh, on different things. Obviously, you know, he made it to the big leagues. And uh, Steve Merriman, uh, those guys, if it weren't for those guys, I don't know where I would be today. Those guys are really helping with my career and in, in, in learning the facets of pitching.
1: Hey, what's Devin doing nowadays? That's a, that's a name I forgot that was in the system. He's not here this year. You're right about that.
0: Uh, I, I want to say Devin is down in Charlotte. Uh, I know he has some uh, – He's, I think he's at home, like raising his kids and, you know, being around his family a little more, you know, his wife. And, you know, I, I guess he's just trying to take take a year off and really trying to just be around his family.
1: That was an upbeat guy. I liked him. Uh, now, yeah,
0: definitely a great
1: guy. How excited are you right now to be a part of this organization? I mean, you look out, I'm sure you follow Kansas City. I mean, how exciting is it? Can you guys feel that even down in Arkansas, hey, the excitement right now?
0: Even, even down in Arkansas, every single day we look – for the Royals. Like no matter what, what's going on, we we always we either watch them play or we're trying to figure out if they want or Because we really want those guys to get to the playoffs and really turn some heads about the Kansas City Royals because the the whole staff of Kansas City Royals has done a great job of drafting and getting necessary guys that they need and like we're we're just we're just ecstatic about how those guys are playing right now.
1: Yeah, so it's, I mean, so you, so you can feel it even down there, the fan base down there too. Just you know, the people, just the excitement.
0: Yeah, yeah. Every, everybody's everybody's pumped about those guys, and everybody's pulling for them. We're, we're really, really wanting those guys to make it to the playoffs and really turn some heads because I I honestly believe that if they get in the playoffs, they have they have one of the best chances of winning because of their defense and pitching and being able to score some runs.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to watch. Now a few more questions for you, random questions here. Now, I read somewhere that you've always been a big baseball card collector. So at what age did you start collecting cards? Were you pretty young when you started that?
0: Yeah, uh I started collecting cards when uh when I was about seven or eight. And oh man, I probably gotta have at least a thousand cards now, man. I, I I just always fell in love with, you know, being a collector items and collecting collection items and stuff like that and uh, I, I really love baseball. Oh, well, I really love basketball cards, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure I got some ones, some basketball cards that are worth uh, pretty good money. But I don't think I'm ever gonna let them go.
1: Yeah, you got like some old school Jordan stuff.
0: Yeah, I got I got some old school Jordan stuff. Uh, like when he retired the first year, and then when he came back, the gold pack. Then I had some Allen Iverson cards while he was in college. Then um, also some some cards when he got to the NBA and. You know, Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of cards, man. So now, how I, I have them? I have sorted by team. So <laughs> I got all the Chicago Bulls together, starting five, and I have Orlando Magic back when they had Penny, Shaq and Horace Grant, and all those guys. So I have I have a bunch of cards.
1: That is great. Now, how cool is it then being on your own cards and being asked to autograph your cards? Is that pretty sweet?
0: To me, that to me that that's 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 something I would have never imagined that I, I, I can honestly say I have my own baseball card and like somebody actually asks for my autograph and like when you see them and they have ten cards of you and they want your autograph I'm like wow like you know <laughs> never in a million years I would if you would have told me this in high school that i have my own baseball card and I'd have been signing all baseball cards and I, I would have never believed you but I mean God has definitely blessed me in that area.
1: Now, have you been collecting the team sets and trying to get your teammates signed too, or, or not so much?
0: Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, uh, I you. have. I have everybody's signature. I have that. As soon as we get our cards, I, I tell everybody, "Hey, you gotta give me a card." And what I do is, uh, I get them shrined and I put them up on my wall, and just you know, just have some memorabilia. You know, once I get older and you know, be able to show my kids, "Well, hey, I played with this guy. I played with this guy," you know. This is him, so-and-so, and, you know, all that stuff I keep and I'm going to get it hung up in my house
1: someday. Talk about an amazing man cave someday too, right?
0: <laughs> oh, man, my man cave is going to be probably the greatest man cave you've ever seen in your life. It's going to be pulled up with sign autographs of with everybody, and I'm not letting anything go. <laughs> I love it,
1: man. I love it. Now, a couple of last fun minor league questions. Number one, and out of all the places you've been, which town had the worst minor league hotel you've ever stayed in? Did you have like just an awful experience anywhere?
0: i uh, I guess I can't really say I've had a, a bad experience anywhere. I mean, I really tear I really cherish these moments that I have because you never know when they're gone. So, like, I, I don't really see too too much of negative anything. You know, I just know we go to the hotels. You know, you have fun, you hang out with the guys, and, you know, just chill and relax and just really make memories instead of, you know, first, like, looking at the negatives that you have.
1: Now, I know most of the time you're probably staying, like, three stars when you're on the road. Has there ever been, like, a best hotel where you where you pull up and you're like, wow, this is actually pretty nice? Does, does anything stick out like that?
0: Actually, the hotel we're at right now uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's probably the best hotel I think I've ever been at. It is. It, it, it is definitely top-notch. Uh, uh, every time we went to, this is only my second time coming to Tulsa, and the first time we put up, I was like, man, like, <laughs> this is what we're saying. Like, this, this is a great hotel. The high it is, this is really great. Oh, cool.
1: Now, what's your favorite minor league park to pitch in anywhere across all levels?
0: Uh, favorite minor league park. We'll,
1: we'll say opposing park, because that we don't have to talk about any current. So opposing park you've pitched in.
0: I'll probably have to say Myrtle Beach just because of the fact that, you know, I was that was the last time I was able to pitch in front of my family. And, it, it, I, obviously, I must have had like 20 or 30 people there. And it, it, just the fact that I was actually able to, you know, see my family and friends and, you know, pitch and actually do pretty well, that that's probably the, the most experience that I can remember.
1: Now, how about uh, I, I talked to Trap earlier this year, and he told me him and Jared living last year in Australia, sleeping in a recliner and on the floor next to each other. What's if you had any weird, like, or most crammed living arrangement since you got into the minor leagues? Have you had anything similar to that?
0: Uh when I first got called up to Double A, um, obviously you know me and Trap, we're we're really great friends, and we're both from the South Carolina area. So I called him like, "Hey man, I'm coming to Double A." I'm staying with you, and he's like, all right, but you know, I only got a one bedroom apartment, and I was like, ah, oh. I was like, all right, that's fine. So I get there, and I'm like, man, I have to sleep on a, a blow up mattress for <laughs> like for the first month, and I'm like, man, we gotta get a two bedroom apartment.
1: <laughs> Doesn't that like hurt your pitching at all, man? Like, do not you sleep at all when you do that? I would think that would like hurt your energy level
0: and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that was tough, man. we waking up with. A- back aches and stuff, and you're like, man, yeah, we got to go ahead and get this two-bedroom apartment. So eventually we were lucky enough to get one, but staying on a blow-up mattress for a month wasn't, the, wasn't uh, the greatest.
1: That's great. That's great. Well, you've dude, been, you've been very generous with your time. Before we let you go, I wanted to ask you one last thing. So what would you like to say to, to Royals fans listening, to those who have never seen you pitch, and to all those long-suffering Royals fans out there? What would you like to say to them right now?
0: Uh... I was just to say I, I really I really appreciate the support that everybody is giving me. Um, I can't wait to get to Kansas City and be able to help our team win some more championships because I really believe we'll win one this year. Oh,
1: I love it. I love the enthusiasm. And, and thanks for staying grounded for all your hard work and, and plugging away and just grinding it out, man. And stay in touch, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. And have yourself a great fall, too.
0: Okay, man. you have a good day, man. All right. Take care. All right. You too.